So we're going to start today off with a game, all right? So I need you guys to play along with me. You can do that out loud. You can do it in your head. But if you do it out loud, my life's going to be easier. So let's do that. Uh, It is Father's Day. I wanted to do some sort of game like, hey, I look so much like my dad. And then I looked at pictures and I don't. So uh, we're going to do a game with celebrities, which I don't know many of them, uh, and some kids that look like them. So I'm going to put a kid on the screen. And you guys are going to guess which celebrity is this kid's father. Cool? Cool. Cool. All right. Here's your clue. This kid probably has a voice. All right. It's your clue. Come on. We got John Legend. There we go. As fast as confident, you're spot on. All right. Got John Legend. That is his son, Miles. All right. Let's go round two. Round two. All right. This question is worth three points. Steph Curry. All right. Way to go. Guys, come on. That was a great clue, by the way. Um, Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Next picture. And um, I'm curious what she'll be like when she's all grown ups. Adam Sandler. Man, you're on point. You got three for three. Way to go. All right, cool. Uh, Hey, the reason we're playing this game uh, is not to demonstrate my lack of knowledge about celebrities. That's for other games. The reason we're doing this is because those kids are just like the spitting image of their fathers. Like, you you can look at the kid and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the dad. Makes sense. Um, And just as I think about that, man, I don't know what Father's Day is like for you. Like, I'm, I'm really lucky. I've got an incredible dad. Like, so much of what's good in my life I can trace and I can point to Stu Chapman. And then I think about people who have different backgrounds, and what I've learned is that having an incredible dad can be a huge blessing, and if you don't have that, then that can be just a huge source of pain and frustration in your life. And so whatever you're bringing into Father's Day, I have good news for you. And then the good news is that you were made in the image of a father that loves you. Like, whether you got that in an earthly dad or not, you have a father who loves you, and you were made in his image. And that's the concept we're talking about today. So we actually find this really early in the Bible. It's in the book of Genesis. That's like the first book in the Bible, a collection of books. So this is like really, really early on in the Bible. We're going to read this together. All right, this is in creation. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so we get, we get this concept in the creation. Right, it says, God says, let us create man in our image. So plural form that we see is we see something called the Trinity. So this is God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit all at once having this conversation that is fully above my understanding. But the Trinity is, is a creating the world. God says, hey, we're going to create mankind in our image. And so this is going to be different than the rest of creation. It talks about the birds and the creatures that scurry on the ground. I'm just imagining he means squirrels. I don't know. But like the creatures that scurry on the ground and the birds and the fish. Say, no, no, this is, this is different. Like we're going to create mankind, but it's going to be different. We're going to create them in our image. They have been given the image of the Father. And with that comes like some responsibility, it comes some privilege, and it comes some action steps for us. Like if we're going to treat people and see people and see ourselves as if they were created in the image of a father, hey, then that changes some stuff, all right? So here's, here's this concept, all right? We're going to throw it up. It's Latin. We're going to get real fancy. We're going to get real bougie with our language for a second, and we'll dial it back. This is Latin. It's the Imago Dei, all right? That means image of God, I took three years of Latin. I think I learned this, and I got pretty good at dominoes in that class. That's about it. Uh, but this is, the, this is the concept that humanity has been created in the image of God. And so that changes 
their dignity, their worth, and their value. So here's the explanation for this. And I'm going to irritate people. And so, like, I'm trying to figure out who I want to make eye contact with or not make eye contact with on this. Um, hmm. Okay, let's see. So there's, it's Father's Day. Let's make a Father's Day joke. There has been a rise of people in the last few years who have referred to themselves as parents when what they have are pets, okay? Like, I'm treading carefully here right now, uh, really carefully. Here's the deal. Pets are awesome. I've got a dog. I love him. And most animals are great. Um, and we're animals. Like, let's put our biology hats on real fast, okay? So, belong to the animal kingdom. More specifically, we are mammals. More specifically, we are homo sapiens, all right? Uh, and there is a difference between the dignity, worth, and value of a person and the dignity, worth, and value of an animal, however awesome and fantastic they are. Actually, you know what, just to try and earn some points back, uh, I have lived with many different people. I have lived with a handful of different pets, and by and large, my pets have been far better roommates. So, like, if, like I understand if you're like, oh, I like animals more than people. Oh, I get that, sure. Uh, and there's a difference in the dignity, worth, and value of a human being and a chihuahua, right? Not many people like chihuahuas. That one was safe. No? All right, cool. Uh, so there's a difference in the dignity, worth, and value of people because people have been created in the image of God. So here's what we get to do with that. Here's our main idea. It's to recognize people's inherent dignity, worth, and value. And that word choice is intentional because it's not, I'm not saying like give people dignity, worth, and value. You know, like God, God did that. What we get to do is we get to recognize people's dignity, worth, and value. And when we do that, that impacts almost every area of our life. So what we're going to do over the next couple of minutes uh, is I'm going to try to possibly offend every single person in this room and watching online so that it's all equal, so that you're all mad at me, and I'm just going to run away, all right? Um, so all of this is because people have made in the Imago Day in the image of God, it changes almost every facet of how we view and interact with people. So let's just start with social media, all right? That's Facebook, Insta, TikTok, you pick it, whatever. Because people have been made in the image of God, that means the person who is posting something that you don't agree with or the person who created content that you don't like or you think is stupid or fill in the blank, uh, that person has inherent dignity, worth, and value. So social media is even an opportunity for us to recognize that. Um, That doesn't mean we have to like it. It doesn't mean we have to agree with it. Uh, maybe the healthiest thing for you, maybe the holiest thing you can do is to unfollow a bunch of people so that it is easier for you to treat them as people with inherent dignity, worth, and value in real life. Like, it's kind of a joke. I kind of want to make a joke, but also that really might be it. And if you're going to keep following people or have interactions with them on social media, man, we get to recognize they have inherent dignity, worth, and value, and so how we interact with them should reflect that. Uh, Adam's gone. This is scary. Let's talk politics. Yeah, right? It's going to be fun. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's go presidential election. Let's just go straight for the big one. Regardless of whether you chose not to vote, voted for Biden, voted for Trump, voted for Joe Jorgensen, or like a surprising number of people did, voted for the deceased in 2016 gorilla from the Cincinnati Zoo, Harambe, like the number of write-in votes was ridiculous. Uh, regardless of who you or anybody else voted for, and even the person who voted differently than you and then is really loud and obnoxious about it, they have inherent dignity, worth, and value. Those candidates, except for Harambe, have been made in the image of God. And so when we think about politics, we think about anything controversial, 
man, that person on the other side of it or the person who has a view that you disagree with, they have inherent dignity, worth, and value. And that changes um, every area. It changes, you know, in case you haven't heard it before, and I know if you've been around the ridge, you've heard it before, but in case you haven't, uh, people from every different skin tone, different cultural backgrounds, different nationalities, people have been made in the image of God. So because people have been made in the image of God, racism is a sin, like, period, okay? Uh, happy Juneteenth. If you, if you don't know what Juneteenth is, I mean, we're celebrating the emancipation uh, of African Americans that were enslaved here in the United States. And so getting to say happy Juneteenth is culture catching up way overdue to something God said when he said people are made in my image. Um, it changes it changes everything. It changes our friendships. It changes our dating relationships. It changes our marriages, our parenting relationships, our co-parenting relationships. Any ships you want to add in there. Like, when we see people as having been made in the image of God, that means we see them and recognize that they have inherent dignity, worth, and value. And so that should change how we view them and how we treat them. But because we want to treat people like they're made in the image of God, we stand really firmly against abuse of any kind whether that's physical or emotional or psychological or sexual or fill in the blank. Like, abuse is horrible because it's violating the fact that somebody was made in the image of God. Um, and I, I love that we've, we've got a partnership with an organization in Bartholomew County called Turning Point. So we aggressively want to fight and reduce abuse wherever we have the influence to do so. We want to see people with compassion, right? Wherever their past is, whatever life circumstance they find themselves in, they were made in the image of God. We've got a partnership with Love Chapel, who's fantastic about fighting food and housing insecurities and seeing people as people and not just projects. Um, and because people have been made in the image of God, we give them value. I'm sorry, let me, recognize, let me change that. We recognize their value. We don't give it to them. We recognize their value, whether they are born or unborn. Uh, God has attributed value to children still inside the womb, and so we recognize that. And because God has said, no, that unborn child has value, we say that unborn child has value. So we stand against abortion because that unborn child has been given value by God. And in the same exact vein of thought, because we need to say these together, we also recognize that not just the person who has chosen to keep a baby, but the person who has chosen not to keep a baby has been made in the image of God, and they have inherent dignity, worth, and value. And so if, if that's you, if that's your past, like, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here. We love you. You have inherent dignity, worth, and value just as much as your child. And so we're going to like wrap all this up. We're going to put a bow on it, okay? So whether you look like somebody, you like them, you disagree with them, you know them in real life, you know them on the internet, you've never met them, you know them and the relationship is broken, you fill in the blank. Every single human being has been created and given the image of God. And so our response to that is to recognize that they have inherent dignity, worth, and value that God gave them, and our job is just to recognize it. We cool? We cool. Right, I'm going to step back from my buddy's toes real fast. Hey, we're going to continue this conversation, but we're going to shift a little bit of our focus right now. So I'm going to welcome out my friend, Christy Shaw. Uh, Christy's going to come on out here. We're going to kind of continue this as we talk about her and how she's done an incredible job doing this, both personally and professionally. Hey, y'all go ahead and give a welcome to Christy. Okay, that's enough of a welcome. She's cool, but like not that cool. Uh, hey, Christy, I'm so glad we get to hang out a little bit more this morning. 
Um, hey, I mentioned that you've done a great job doing this personally and professionally, so I'm kind of alluding to the fact that you've been with Clarity. You actually just wrapped up a career with Clarity after how many years? Yeah, I've been with Clarity for 18 years. Yeah. Wow, that is more than some people have been alive. It's a while. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Awesome. I'm getting old. Thanks for reminding me, Reed. I'm just recognizing Jen <laughs> Alpha in the room. That's all I'm doing, Christy. That's it. Uh, hey, what's Clarity? So Clarity is a pregnancy service center. Actually, I think in the last... Um, in our last service, I said in our community, but it's actually in our six surrounding counties. We serve South Central Indiana, and we offer pregnancy tests, diapers, wipes, and onesies. We offer STI testing, and we do education in the schools. Yeah. So we do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I love what Clarity does. One of the things that we love about Clarity, part of why we as the Ridge partner with Clarity, is because you do a great job of valuing life. Mm-hmm. Um, that means valuing the child that's in the womb, and that means valuing the life of somebody who's coming in who's scared or hurt or confused or fill in the blank. Yes. Um, you guys kind of do that in like three parts. What are the three yeah. parts, so, ways? Yeah, we do prevention, and we do education, and we do restoration. And so, obviously, um, you know, we, we do the prevention part. That means they come and they get pregnancy tests, and if they need our services, we're going to give them diapers, wipes, and onesies. Um, we try to educate them in the center if they already have had that choice to, you know, be sexually active and they have a consequence. Um, but, you know, we were helping all these young people or people in their 20s, and we're like, you know, could we intercept the lives of these teenagers before they show up here? before they have big consequences. And so we decided to write a program. It was 20 years ago before I even started speaking. And we got into the schools and we started to do an education program. And of course, it's talking about sex and it's talking about making healthy choices. But then, you know, even when I was on staff, and I only did that for nine years, uh, we started to brainstorm. What do we really, I mean, is this really about sex? Do we, was that the main point? And that gets us in the door. But what we really wanted the students to know every time we leave is that you have value. You know, and no matter the choices that you make, no matter the family that you've come from, no matter what you're doing right now, you have value because you're breathing. That's what we said in the public school because we couldn't say God. Yeah. And, you know, what you're doing right now matters. Your relationships matter. Um, how you see yourself, how you treat others. I mean, it's, yeah, what you're just talking about. So... And then the last part would be the restoration. And so, obviously, um, when people have unplanned pregnancies, they feel like there's no other choice. There's one choice. And they feel trapped. And so people choose to have an abortion. And no matter the choice that they make, whether they decide to have the abortion after they've come seen us and seen an ultrasound, or um, even if they decided to keep that child, we uh, come beside them. And we have these restorative groups uh, that people show up to. And normally it's a group of like five or six people. We meet at an undisclosed location. And um, we walk them through processing the life because it was, and it was traumatic. And so the event was traumatic and going through the process of abortion is traumatic. And so we want them to know that they have value no matter the choice that they make. And the child did too. And many times when you start to mourn that child and one of the most beautiful things that they get to do at the end of that is they get to go to a memorial and they can name their baby, whether they knew the sex or not, because sometimes we have feelings of what the sex was. And um, they put that on a stone at a church in, the, in our community. So... One of the things, again, like that, that I just love about Clarity is that you see the value in lives um, born and unborn at the same time. And you do a great job of treating people with the dignity, worth, and value that they have. Yes. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like the people we got in here, the people that are watching online. Uh, man, 
what advice, what thought would you share with somebody who's finding themselves with an unplanned pregnancy mm-hmm. or maybe who has a loved one who's finding themselves with an unplanned pregnancy and they're sitting there in like fear and confusion and mm-hmm. they're even struggling to process what they're thinking. Yeah, well, um, you know, many years ago when the reason why I came to Clarity is because I was a very broken individual and I had an unplanned pregnancy. My senior year in high school changed my life forever. And um, in those moments, you know, when you're in shock and you don't believe it, you don't know what to do. So many times we feel, again, I said we feel like we have one choice and there's not just one choice. So my encouragement would be to go to a place like Clarity because people will come beside you. And what I needed is what I try to be, what I didn't have. You know, we need, someone needs a mentor. They need someone to come beside them and love them and tell them it's going to be okay and maybe teach them how to be a parent or, or give them the support. Or even if they've made the decision to have an abortion, that it's okay and that they're loved and they're valued. And right. so like I, if they already had the abortion, they're sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what I just did. Yes. To hear, hey, God still loves you and still has a plan for you. Yes, yes. And, and many times, you know, if they dec- disclose that information, I'd say, you know, have you talked to anybody about that? Because I've heard from friends, you know, who have had abortions that that was a very um, hard, t- hard thing to do or very traumatic or however you want to say it. And, um, you know, if they would allow us, then we give them a, a packet of information that they can take home. Because, you know, that's a hard thing to just even admit. If someone, you know a friend or someone comes to you and shares that personal, you know, pain that I always tell them, thank you for trusting me. That is such a gift that someone would um, tell you something like that in their life. And they really, um, probably you're, you're a close person to them, a safe person. And we need safe people to value people because we've all made choices that we're not proud of. And God understands and he knows and we're forgiven and we're never beyond the grace of Christ. Absolutely. I think it's really important to know, hey, we are never beyond God's grace, no matter what your choices have been. I think the stats, it's one in four. Yeah, one in four. So, you know, I used to think a long time ago that I didn't know people, but you do. We sat silent in pain, some of us for years. But the cool thing is that many times um, the young ladies today are coming right after their abortions and coming to us and saying, can I get help? And I think that is awesome that they wouldn't sit with that pain because many times that pain is going to cause them to continue on a cycle of maybe unhealthy choices, hurting, harming themselves even more. So if we can get that healed early on, man, that's going to help them. And then hopefully they're going to turn around and they're going to want to help right? The cool thing about how God restores us, the reason why I'm so passionate about loving others is because he's done so much for me. And I I can't just sit around and like, be like, okay, thanks God. You know, like I have to do, I have to be what I didn't get to have because we all need safe people in our lives. So, so yeah, as we're sitting there, we're we're kind of thinking, hey, we've got friends and loved ones. I think that also should impact how we speak about it. Um, I mean, to be really clear, like, no, like, abortion is wrong because that unborn baby has value. So, like, we're not apologetic. We're not wishy-washy on that. And at the same time, we need to be careful in how we speak. Uh, not that we never want to speak truth, but we want to speak in a way that's loving and honoring to the value of somebody who's sitting there having gone through pain and trauma and maybe never even said anything. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't just apply when we're talking about pregnancies and babies and mm-hmm. grief. Uh, the fact that somebody's made in the image of God, that changes all of our relationships. We were talking about that earlier. Uh, so you, you've done a lot of stuff awesome professionally. You do a lot of this really well personally as well. Um, you've, got, you've got Dennis, and then 
So you and your husband, then you got how many kids? Four. We have four, four. children. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pray for Christy. Um, <laughs> yes. I've got three teenage children right now. I definitely need lots of prayer. Because mm-hmm. you know, you, the, the older they get, the more stupid you the are. The easier they are? Oh, no. No, you get no? stupid. Oh, you okay. get real dumb. You don't mm. know anything. And then I think my 26-year-old, because we have mm-hmm. a 26-year-old, I think he's starting I'm to I'm 26. Like, we know everything. No, no, no. He's starting to realize yes, mom and dad know something. Do your mom and dad know something? I don't know. I bet, I, I bet you think they do. If you're Hi, living Dad, on your, are you living Day. on your own? Yeah, I bet you think they know something if you're living on your own. <laughs> do. Um, okay, let's see. Would you trust them with an open microphone? <laughs> sure, yes. You just said that with confidence. They're in the first service. They're not here. All right, fine. Yeah, that's right. I would trust them because they're not here. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so how does the fact that your husband and your kids are made in the image of God change that marriage and that parenting relationship. Yeah. So for me, I really struggled with um, self-worth and value. And you talked about that, how there's some of us who feel like we're really good people and we're amazing, or we got the other extreme where we feel... Yeah, we, we often fall in two camps. Sometimes yes. without Jesus, we think way too highly of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes without Jesus, we think we are worthless and just um, that there's nothing good that could ever come from us. Yes. And being made in the image of God means that neither of those are true. Yeah. So my self, I struggled with self-worth. I felt like I was a failure because I had this baby and all these things, you know. And um, I got into several support groups. I went through sexual abuse Bible study. I've been through Celebrate Recovery, changed my life. Celebrate uh, Recovery forever. is awesome. I'm interrupting yes. you a lot, but I'm going to do it again. It's okay. Uh, hey, Celebrate Recovery meets here at the Ridge on Thursdays at 630. It's awesome. Like I'm in reco- I am currently and always in recovery from selfishness, lust, and pride. It is an awesome program. Whatever your past, we would love to have you Thursday, 630 here at the Ridge. You were saying. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I went through this process and God uh, grew me. And when I started to uh, know, like, believe what he says about me, that's changed how I respond to other people. I think we have a hard time loving people if we don't understand our value, first of all. But because I didn't have people pouring into my life telling me my value, my father is still not a Christian today. Um, So, you know, he did the best he could, but I wasn't taught that. The one thing that I do for my kids is I'm constantly reminding them that, you know, you have value not because of what you do or you're gifted. You know, try to give them um, compliments that are not about, you know, things that they can do. But like, oh, you're a really kind person or I like how you helped, you know, this or that person, you know. Um, And then as far as just spending time with them, like teenagers love to stay up late, right? Mm -hmm. And so even though I want to go to bed, I try to stay up and just spend time with them. Like 11 or 12 at night. I'm sure you probably... You're probably staying up to nine o'clock. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. my preference. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I try to, you know, even though you know I would love to go to bed, I want to be in the kitchen with them and and interact with them because I want them to know that I enjoy, you know, them. I value them, and I, I try to tell them that all the time because you know I didn't hear that growing up. Yeah. So I mean that that changes how we how we see kids and how we interact with them. Um, hey, I mean we're looking here. We got people here who have kids, some who don't. I mean. What advice would you give to the person who's thinking, okay, that's cool, Reed, Christy, but like, my, my family is my work family. I work all the time. Like, that's, that's my people. Mm-hmm. How, how would you recommend taking the image of God and letting that yes. transform how we see and interact with people at a work environment? Yeah, so I don't do this perfectly. And, I mean, there's always people who you can struggle interacting with in your life. There's difficult people, right? And uh, that's, that's tough. So don't think I have it And we're now going to I list don't. our difficult people no, in our lives. Not, we are no. not. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think we get into, you know, this is a very rushed society. We get into, I got tasks to do and check off and all these things, right? And people matter to God. And so, you know, people then matter to me. And taking your time out 
at work, at a grocery store, you're out in public and just smiling or having a conversation with someone, or if you know that they're going through something, you know, at work or their home life, just setting to listen. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, I don't want to talk because we're afraid that, you know, we don't know what to say. We don't need to say anything. You know, just sitting with them and listening, and then they realize, wow, somebody, we need people to care, right? We need safe people. We need people who are not just about their business, but they're actually about loving people well. And if we call ourselves Christians, shouldn't we be the first people who are loving people well? That's the hope. Yeah. Something I've heard you say before is that there's a distance between the head and the heart. What you were just talking about. Like, we can recognize, we can know intellectually, you know, people have value because God made them and God gave them dignity, worth, and value. But it's when our actions reflect that that we know that it's moved from our head to our heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hey, so I'm, I'm thinking through, I'm kind of thinking about our time. Do you have, like, what's, what's one last thought, piece of advice you'd give just to people? Hey, because you are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank. Okay. Well, first of all, I want you to know that you're crazy loved by your creator, and he uh, created you on purpose, with a purpose, and he has great things for you, no matter what you've done, or no matter where you come from, or you might not even know. You're like, I don't know if I'm good at anything. Well, he did. He, he gave you lots of gifts and abilities, and so you were loved so much. Mm-hmm. And when you know how much God loves you, and I had to read scripture over and over and over because I didn't believe it, then you will start to um, reflect that light of Christ, and you can love others well. And I know there are people, you know, people who are difficult, there's something going on. Right? We all have stuff going on. And so maybe being just that understanding person or a soft person or, you know, just checking in, hey, you seem upset today. Are you doing okay? You know, taking time to um, see people I think is so important in a culture where, we're so busy, and we're so focused a lot of times on what we have going on. I love that. So just kind of a thought to leave you with right now is that you are not defined by the best or the worst thing you've ever done, and you're also not defined by the worst thing that was ever done to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're defined by the fact that you have a Father who made you in His image. So because God created you, you have inherent dignity, worth, and value. And our responsibility is to recognize that, not just in our lives, but others' lives, and then to treat them like it. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of wrap this up. Uh, In just a minute, I'm going to pray for us. But after we pray, if you want to continue this conversation in person, Christy and I and a couple of friends, we're going to be right down there. If you're with us online or you're not comfortable talking in person, you can text CHAT to 812-408-1188. We'd be happy to continue the conversation there. All right, so I'm going to pray for us. God... Thank you for being a good and perfect father. Um, You are better than we deserve, and you are better than we recognize. And so we're coming to you from different uh, paths, different backgrounds, different choices, different baggage. And so, God, we're just taking a second. We're saying, hey, you're you're a perfect father. You are strong enough, and you're big enough to handle it. Would you help us to see in ourselves and to recognize in others the value and the worth and the dignity that comes not from anything we do, but from the fact that you created us. So we love you. Help us to learn to love you more and to trust you more. In your name we pray. Amen.